Welcome back to another episode of Thrive. Um, I do want to point out that someone recently called out the fact that I have uh, traded in my wine rack in the background for a yoga mat and a meditation pillow. <laughs> so thank you for noticing my background and the things that are changing in my life, everyone. Um, so my first repeat guest on the show today is Dan Morris of Mind Racer Consulting in New York City, and that's a B2B sales consultant firm. Today we're diving into a, a favorite topic between Dan and I, and um, I think I want to get very specific about this because as business development people, we often think about, I want to check in, but I don't want to send like that standard check-in email. So, you know, I want to follow up with my warm prospects, um, but I really want to strike that balance between staying top of mind and providing value, right? So what kind of messaging should, should I reach out with? And that's why Dan is here today, because he is the expert at this. So welcome back, my friend. I'm definitely ready to dive into this conversation. Thank you, Kelly. I'm really happy to be back. And uh, this has come from you know, years of building up experience of having to do that check-in, but really finding that people just checking in just aren't thinking about it. Right. And so that actual phrase, just checking in, is something that I am always telling people, let's not use that. <laughs> let's not just say, let's just check in, you know, because it really hasn't taken any thought and it hasn't separated you from anyone else. Just circling back is another one that seems to happen a lot in my inbox. And I just think, well, hang on, do you care at all, you know? Right. And so when I was building a content marketing agency and building a team around me, the things that I noticed seemed to work were, let's invest a little bit more in what we just talked about with the person. Mm -hmm. And whether we actually went ahead with a proposal or not, we learned a lot about their business and we started a relationship with them. It's probably just timing if mm. we're providing something that solves their problem. Right. So let's find a way of keeping in touch with people. Right. But as we know, you know, especially in business development, we get a lot of our leads from referrals and from our personal network. And so we don't want to push too hard. We don't want to be too pushy. But at the same time, we do need to keep in touch. And so I, I developed the top five reasons that I've used. And you know, the first one after any sort of meeting is just to make sure that they actually received the information that I sent over. Now, you know, I, I expect that you do and others do, you know, there's lots of tools out there right now that'll tell you whether somebody's opened your email. Right. Let's ignore them for this purpose, right? It's a good indicator for you, but it's also a, a good reason for us just to reach out and say, create an opportunity for another discussion. So. I wanted to make sure that you receive the info that I sent over because sometimes the attachments don't get delivered. This is, this is true, especially if you're pitching larger organizations. People quite are open to receiving that email and they'll just write back and they go, yeah, I got it, no problem at all. And that often starts up a, yeah, I meant to mention something to you or starts another dialogue where you're able to say, oh, great, okay, did you get a chance to read through it? Can I add any value to any of the conversations that happened on your side? Mm. So it's a really good way of making sure often the next day or the day after to keep that dialogue going. Yeah. So even if you have something where your proposal system or whatever your, your email program, even if it gives you an indication that they open the email, uh, even if it tells you um, more finite metrics that they've gone through the proposal, how much time they've spent on the proposal. I mean, that's what my software does. 
um, even if all those things are true, you're saying reach out anyway uh, the day after. I think that's right, yeah. yeah. Now, you know, many more people are adopting those kind of tools. I use them myself. Yeah. I think they're absolutely awesome. Yeah. But hope is not a strategy, right? So what we want to make sure is that we are actually creating that human touch as often as we can yeah. because just checking in emails can be automated and, and sent out. And, you know, they do work a bit. But, you know, real business development is relationship management and, you know, making sure the effort to reach out and continue the conversation. Here's a good excuse to do that. Right, right. Um, and so your second um, uh, reason for following up is really to establish next steps. So walk us through that approach a little bit. Yeah, so I always like to think that I'm getting a lot of information in a discovery phase and before I put a proposal together. Communicating that is the next challenge that we've been through, right? We've tried to give a, a good explanation of how we're gonna solve their problem and why we're the right people to do that and so on. But sometimes there are gaps. Sometimes there are gaps that just naturally occur. Now, during the meeting, they'll come up with a, a question. During the meeting, I'll forget to ask something. And so I like to frame it with, during the meeting, I forgot to ask, for example, who needs to agree with a proposal as well as you? Or when is that internal meeting gonna happen? Or are you working to a target date to get things started? And if I've forgotten to ask that, I've got to own up and say, hey, I forgot to ask that. But it also creates a great opportunity for me to be human and just reach out and say, hey, just make sure we're on the same page. What is the next step? What is the next target meeting that you're going to go for? Right. And that right. lets them then have a conversation with, yeah, actually, I'm planning to talk to my business partner or whoever tomorrow. Gets you more information, but also keeps mm -hmm. the dialogue going. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and... And what about, so what's interesting about that to me is most people would say, well, establishing next steps, I would think of that as a follow-up email after I've delivered the proposal and I'm starting a conversation before the proposal is signed to say, you know, here are the ne next steps. I mean, you're not really opening up a discussion. You're saying, have this conversation or send this email, uh, whatever the communication is, send that before the, you even go through the process of writing the proposal so that you're aligned on expectations and you're getting more information and you're facilitating that conversation even further and deepening that relationship. So I love that. I love yes, that. Yes, it works there. But also remembering that we're all human, sometimes yeah. those details do get forgotten. And like just, just acknowledging that sometimes a rep's going to forget or you're going to forget to ask the question, going back and asking that question is just a way of making sure that you've got the information, they're getting the result that they need. Mm -hmm. And I find all of this is best summarized by not wanting to bother people. And the reason I made this list is because allowing yourself to have a list of reasons to reach out is a great way of just enabling the action rather mm -hmm. than going, oh, I don't want to ask the question, I'm a bit embarrassed about that. Right. Getting the information and moving it forward is, is the key to the progress. So that's why I put the list together and it can be used in either one of those situations. Right, right. Now, what about um, sharing case studies or even the latest wins of clients that are in a similar vertical to the prospect that you're reaching out to? Yeah, it's a great value, this. And the longer the decision-making process is, the more valuable this gets. Mm -hmm. You'll know, uh, as, as I've seen case studies that you've helped people create and build and agency owners that have built their own case studies, you've got case studies that solve a particular problem, 
but you've also got case studies that are relevant to that businesses like them mm-hmm. and you can use them in a few different ways and you know if you've got a time that seems to be ticking away um, since you've heard from somebody using a case study and going actually we've just published this especially if it's new mm-hmm. or this is something that we didn't talk about that I thought you might be interested in let me know if you'd like me to talk you through it and provide some more resources. Yeah. People do that because you're thinking about them, you're thinking about something that illustrates how you solve their problem. Right. And it gives you a great reason to add value along the way. Yeah, yeah that's a really powerful one. Yeah, I love this one. And I actually use this a lot in the business development strategies that I create with agencies because I think the more relevant that content is um, and you have the ability to showcase your deep expertise. I think that's a win, you know, and like you said, it's also just, I thought of you because this is relevant to and similar to maybe a challenge that you struggled with or what you told me about. I heard you and now I'm putting something in front of you to show you how we um, strategize and executed and solve that problem. So I, I absolutely love that one and I use it a lot. Um, and I don't know that I would consider that really content marketing, but I know your fourth one is much more specific to content marketing. Um, so how do we position content marketing in the context of the follow-up? So the, the, my context of this was as a business development professional, I'm always looking in the verticals that I'm working in for news and information that's relevant. And I just used this last week. There was a particular agency that I'm in talks with I sent them some information and I was expecting something back. But I needed to reach out to them and ask, hey, um, I would like a follow-up on this information, but I didn't want to say that. Right. I wanted to send them some info instead. So I found an article that was actually a good sales lead for them. Mm-hmm. And I sent it over and I said, hey, have you guys seen this? It might be a good opportunity for you to reach out. Mm. And the response that I got was, wow, that's really great. Thanks very much. Oh, I saw your other email. I'll get back to you later today. And who knows what happened next? A couple of hours later, I got a response to the email that I was looking for. So I helped them, and they got the response that I was looking for. So if you see an article and think of them, not only are you showing them that you are thinking about them and caring about what they're doing, but it's a trigger, you know? Perhaps they got distracted, like we all do every day, and they meant to get back to you, but they just needed to see your name and, oh, actually, thanks, Dan, that's helpful. Thanks, Kelly, that's helpful. And then they get back to you with what you needed from them as well. Yeah. So I also love this approach because what you're doing is you're actually stripping away anything that could be um, uh, focused on you or meeting your own needs. And you're entirely focusing on supporting them, adding value, maybe even putting a business development opportunity in front of them. There's no way that any person, no matter what kind of client you're working with, when you go out of your way to put something in front of someone that's just about them and it shows that you actually took the time out of your day to do something for them that would be incredibly value, could even lead to a new piece of business, of course you're going to get a response. And it doesn't take that much time. I think that's kind of what I want to hit on also because a lot of people watching or listening might say, well, that's all well and good, but I need like a full-time staff to be able to go through headlines and look through the things, if it comes across passively or you do a, a light searching, you can find these things very easily. So I just, yeah. I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts on how you go about that. Absolutely. So setting up a Google alert for keywords that are relevant to the industries that you're prospecting into is a brilliant way of Perfect. doing it. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it minimizes your research time 
keeps you relevant to what you're talking to your prospects about anyway, and you can share information with them that they probably don't have a process for creating. Yeah. It's, yeah. It just wins. And it really refines down to positioning, which is something I know you're huge with. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, you know, if we're talking about people in the same sector, and we're working with people who meet that persona, let's look at things that will be interesting to them because that's who we're talking to all the time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's how I do it. Um, things I'm interested in on behalf of the research I'm doing in their sector are things that they're gonna be interested in as well. So it's really no extra work mm. if you're actually focused in that area anyway. And do you use uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator or any other tools that give you daily industry news or anything else like that? I like those tools, yeah. I like LinkedIn Sales Navigator for its research capabilities mm -hmm. and being able to look into in more detail who else is going to take part in the decision, even if we've not been able to discover that in the conversation. Mm -hmm. a helpful way of doing it. Uh, Sales Navigator is great for following brands that do publish. So established companies, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, as we're starting to wrap up here and getting to the fifth reason for, clo for uh, following up, um, I think this is probably one of the most difficult ones, if not the most difficult, and it's specifically addressing a prospect's objection, either in your pitch or something that came up in the conversation. Um, how should agency leaders frame those types of communications? Because those could get a little hairy, and those are probably the ones that bring up um, just that fear of conflict that we also you know, always try to avoid. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is a part of having the humility to say, let me ask my team and come back to you with an answer, rather than feeling like you have to know everything at the same time. Mm -hmm. And also being able to go, actually let me gather some more information and come back to you. I know we solved this problem for someone else before, let me double check the details and come back to you. So you, you're leaving yourself with a series of reasons why you would follow up with somebody or get back to them anyway. Mm -hmm. If that's an unspoken thing and you've made some notes and you haven't said this will be part of the next things I give you as information, that gives you a door that's open anyway. Mm. So, you know, as somebody who always looks back at what I just did, I've been able to identify, actually, I didn't answer that question completely. Okay. I've found that people love it when I go back and say, I've had a conversation internally about that. Here's the Cliff Notes version. Would you like to have a chat just to talk it through? Yeah. And I found a really strong response rate from that because people love it when you close the loop. And if that's how you're going to be as a partner and making sure that they get a complete answer to what they're looking for, then they're going to want to do business with you. Yeah. And so you know, during our meeting, you asked, insert question, uh, I wanted to share what my team said, or I did some more research and... I found people love that. as a as a recipient of that, and I find that people love it and respond. And so um, here specifically, what I heard there, I loved all of that. Um, but what I heard was that you're setting that up in the email and then asking for a phone conversation because now you've probably had a couple of email correspondences up to to that point, right? Or maybe you've um, picked one or two from this list. And now you're transitioning that into let's get on the phone because obviously there are tiers of interaction. You know, um, a text is like the worst, an email is second, a phone conversation is third, and an in person is fourth, right? We want to try to level up these tiers. So now at this point, this really difficult or, or 
what could be construed as a difficult conversation, you're setting it up, you're framing it in the email and asking for a phone conversation. So I just wanted to, you know, touch on that specifically because that's that's important when you're going to have those more difficult conversations. Getting someone on the phone or being able to meet in person for those in particular, I think that's really important. Yeah, it's creating the opportunity for that next stage of discussion, yeah. even more than actually asking for it, is if you would like to discuss in more detail, I'm here available. Uh, and I find people want to do that, unless, yeah. you know, unless they're already, right, bullet points is all I need, let's right. just get the right. The higher the value of the deal, the more they like to discuss and understand how you're going to approach things. Yeah. And so always creating that opportunity is the goal. Yeah. Well, um, I also want to leave the audience with the fact that Dan has generously put together this entire discussion into a downloadable uh, PDF. So if you head over to mindracerconsulting.com forward slash resources forward slash thrive, um, you'll be able to download that. And of course, I will post that in the show notes so you don't have to jot that down while you're listening to this in the car or whatnot. We want to keep everybody safe. So uh, yeah, head over and grab that out of the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dan. I love our conversations, uh, every one of them, and I always appreciate your enthusiasm. Always a pleasure, Kelly. Thank you very much, and I really hope agency owners get a great deal of value from this. You know, the takeaway I hope that they have is if you can just make a list of reasons that enable you to reach out, it makes it so much easier to get past yourself and just get on with carrying the conversation forward. So I really hope that resource is helpful for them, and I uh, hope you all have a great day. Thanks, Dan. Take care. All right, bye. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.